0: All right, hello and welcome everyone. I am Daryl Urbanski here as always. Today we have a very dear guest, a uh, good close friend of mine, someone that we're very fortunate to have here on the call with us. Uh, it's Stephanie Burns, the CEO and founder of uh, Chic CEO. And not only is she writing for Forbes magazine and keynote speaking at just a laundry list of who's whose events, but she's also extremely passionate about helping entrepreneurs be successful. She's very, very passionate about the uh, helping female entrepreneurs in particular, and she's also has these amazing skills and abilities as far as when it comes to connecting people, creating large audiences, and she's really good with articulating her message, and she's just a phenomenal person and really been helpful for me in my career and helping myself get established here in California. So I know it's going to be a great call today. Uh, I know I'm honored to have her here with us. Stephanie, thank you so much for your time today. How are you doing?
1: Oh, Daryl, I'm so happy to be here. Thank you so much for having me. I am great. I'm, uh, as I said a little bit ago, I'm getting over a cold, so if I sound a little stuffy, I apologize. But I am really
0: excited to to be here and chat with you today. Yeah, no, thank you, thank you. Well, yeah, no, I, you, you sound just fine, so we're good on that front. <laughs> um, especially with people like us, we just keep going anyways. I don't think that's right. Yeah, for us, for us, like, oh, I'm 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 only operating at 30 percent. That's 90 percent for most people. Exactly. So, um, no, we're fine. It's it's totally good. Um, but. Yeah, so now that I got you on the call, can we maybe talk a little bit about, like, what was the spark that ignited on, in, in, in you to help you, or sorry, to get, make you want to help entrepreneurs and to just launch and get into all this? I mean, because you, you weren't always writing for major magazines and talking on different stages and rubbing elbows with some of the, you know, the, the who's who and the rich and the famous in the business world. So how did all that kind of begin?
1: Well, it's funny. I actually wanted to be an opera singer. That was my dream. So I went to school for music and I was getting through um, about my fourth year and realized that in order to be a, a professional musician, that I probably would most likely be a waitress <laughs> for for the rest of my life, that it's really difficult. Mm. And, um, you know, it, music is something that's very personal to me and I was very passionate about it and I, I realized at that moment that I probably wasn't destined to um, create a life that I wanted in in music and uh, I wanted to keep it keep it to myself so I ended up just getting my my performance degree in music and thought you know I need to do something else that is uh, creative so I got an additional bachelor's degree in advertising so once I left school I came out here to California I went to school in South Dakota I came out to California. And I started doing marketing for a casino out here for a couple of years. Mm. And after the casino, I went and uh, started working for an innovation consultancy here in San Diego called Bulldog Drummond. And I was there for about five years working on some really cool branding projects. Um, I got to help on things like Nike and Cleanwell, um, the Country Music Channel, uh, really cool projects. So, um, you know, I was during that time. I was doing triathlons and those kinds of things and thought, man, I really, really would like to get my MBA. So I went back to school and I was getting my MBA and I was working at Bulldog Drum in full time and I think I was training for a triathlon somewhere in there too. And I was exhausted. And I was going to class one night (laughs) thinking, Why am I here? And, you know, why isn't this information somewhere where I can get to it for free and I can actually sleep and have a social life. And around that time, all of my friends were starting to get laid off because it was around 2008. And all of my really dear girlfriends were losing their jobs and they kept coming to me and asking me how uh, to start a business so they could start something on the side to pay their bills. Mm. And I kept saying, well, I I don't know, why are you asking me this? And they said, well, you're getting your MBA, aren't you learning how to start a business? And they said, no, I'm learning how to run a business. I'm learning econ and accounting and strategic management, and global marketing. I'm not, I couldn't tell you what, you know, legal entity you should be. I couldn't tell you what piece of paperwork you should go pick up from the courthouse. That's not, that, that's not what we're learning. So I kept getting this question over and over and over again from my friends. And finally, I, I thought, you know, I'm just going to bring them all over to my house put them in the living room, give them a bunch of wine and try to answer all of their questions. And if I can't answer their questions, I'll find the answer to their questions for them because, you know, this is getting ridiculous. So I bring them all over and there's 15 of them in my living room just staring at me like, what do we do? How do I pay my bills? How do I start a business? And uh, none of them knew what they were doing. And certainly I didn't know what I was doing either at the time. And uh, I thought, you know, if there are 15 of just my friends – just my friends right, in right, this room, right. yep. you know, that are in their late thirties or, or, you know, late twenties, early thirties, not being able to find, you know, super smart, super educated, not being able to find the, the answers to these questions. This is a market that's not being served. So I started doing my research. Women are starting businesses almost two to one over men right now. And currently in 2014, oh, approximately 1200 female owned businesses are started a day. And so, it was a fast-growing market that I didn't feel was being served in the right way and I decided to make it my business plan for grad school and a year later, I got laid off just like everybody else and I went home, I pulled the business plan off the shelf, I started getting to work and then a few months later, I got cast to be on the Wheel of Fortune, the game show. (laughs) (laughs) I won some money on the Wheel of Fortune and I knew, yes, I won money on the Wheel of Fortune took the money and had the website built and within six months of launching, we were named one of the top 10 entrepreneur websites for women by Forbes and we've just been cooking ever since.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, you definitely have been cooking. I can attest to that. I mean, you are a mover and a shaker and you are a phenomenal connector. Um, and again, you're just, you really do embody that entrepreneurship spirit. So yeah, that's, that's excellent. So what have been some of the biggest challenges that you've had to go through? Cause it's definitely like a lot of ups and downs as an entrepreneur. Um, sometimes they're back to back. I've had months where I've made like really high five figures. And then the week after you just get kicked in the teeth by something else. And it's, you know, it's not the steady, slow drum of just collecting a paycheck and going on with your life. And there's upsets there too. But for you, what have been some of the biggest things that you've struggled with?
1: Definitely, capital. Um, you know, it's been it's been difficult because we don't we haven't taken any outside investment, and if we spend a dollar, it's because we made a dollar. Uh, we don't we don't spend our money, you know, frivolously or mm-hmm. buy things we don't need to, and um, it's. It's been a challenge in in growth because I know that if we had more money, more capital, that I could have grown this much faster. Today we are at 72,000 subscribers, which is lovely, but it's taken me a long time to get there because I haven't spent any money on marketing, and that's all organic growth. Mm. And that's been a challenge because, you know, fast growth is great, but, you know, we've built a a strong foundation by growing slowly. Uh, But it is a challenge because sometimes I feel like, there's people that are surpassing us or, or still don't even know that we exist to help them and that that's a big challenge for me. But um, at this point, one of the best parts that have come out of, of not having enough money is that I'm an expert negotiator
0: yes.
1: and <laughs> you know this.
0: <laughs> yeah, you should. Yeah, are you going to talk about that? You should talk about that. I, I, sure. Mention it. Yeah, okay. That's, so Stephanie had this thing that she did it was it was 101 days of 101 unreasonable requests starting so obviously like you said when you start up you're you're dealing with not having a lot of capital Uh go ahead you can go ahead and take it away but um it's just I was fascinated by that and man what are some of the amazing results you've had with it too
1: Well it's funny because we've you know I, I'm <laughs> a big <laughs> I I the, the one thing of not having any money or um you know trying to grow something or grow your platform without having a huge resource. And, and, you know, money is just a tool. So um, if you think about a toolbox and all your tools are in there and one of the most important ones, obviously, is your hammer and you don't have a hammer, what do you do? Well, you might take the end of a screwdriver and pound some nails in or you might take your your wrench and use it as a humor. So really trying to think of how I can get the end result with the tools that I have and one of the tools – that I have is learning how to um, – is, is to be a good negotiator. So mm. I've got a few set of skills that I pull out when I need to. And um, <laughs> one of those is making unreasonable requests. And I love to make unreasonable requests. It's highly – um, embarrassing it's it stretches me further than um what 's comfortable and I highly recommend anybody makes outlandish requests, but you would be so surprised on how many times you get a yes yeah and, you know i've gotten things um from my my rebel desk (laughs) yes yes (laughs) was one of my prized possessions
0: (laughs) yeah i'm jealous i want one i want one so if you don't know what a rebel desk is it's a treadmill it's a standing desk attached to a treadmill essentially Mm -hmm. um and how, how much did you pay for it Zero, zero. Like that's just so awesome. But you know what I love about that, though? There's a really deep-seated meeting, and that's especially like because here's here's the real lesson to that. And especially as entrepreneurs, we like we're doers. We're active. We're out there. We're working. And it's really hard for us to ask for help. So again, like we said at the beginning of the call, how when you you know someone like you or myself, when we're like operating at what we feel is our thirty percent, for a lot of other people, it's like ninety percent. I get people ask all the time, "How do you get so much done in a day?" And I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. I just I do what I love. And it's easy, but it's hard for us to ask for help. So even though you're considering an unreasonable request, like, you know, I can, I tell you, it's not unreasonable at all. There's plenty of people that have no, uh, no qualms, no concerns and no, no trouble with it all. Just asking for, not even necessarily for help, but just even for things that we need. Well, I guess it's help, but just things that we need to get to progress. To progress, work, to progress. Well, You didn't necessarily need a rebel desk, but it would help your lifestyle. It would help your fitness. You know, you work better when you stand up. I try to stand up and work, and I put my computer on my, my fridge or somewhere high up wherever I can until I get – I'm just going to bite the bullet and get a desk. But, yeah. um, but no, so I just – I love that lesson, though, because it's just – it. I mean, it's opened so many doors for you, just being willing to ask for what you want. Like, why is that so hard for us to just – Ask for what we want. I mean, it's got you on stages next to some very big names. Mm-hmm. It's just gotten you your rebel desk. It's opened up a ton of opportunities, and it's got people on board to your team to help you have some breakthroughs and have some big wins and successes. Um yeah. It's, just... it's
1: been a huge, it's been a huge thing for me and it's been a theme in my life and in my career. And you know, the thing is, yeah, I wanted a rebel desk. It is gorgeous and it's, <laughs> it's gorgeous. I love it. I, I'm more productive when I'm walking and typing, but the best part about it was whether I got it or not really didn't matter because I, I, actually called the CEO and asked her to give me one for free. That is a ridiculous, unreasonable request. Mm-hmm. That is ridiculous. And you know what? The courage to do that mm-hmm. is, is by far the biggest payoff yes. to, to, having, to having that because as entrepreneurs, we are a different breed. And when you are out there putting your neck on the line – And you're not asking for the things that you need to grow or the things that you want to get bigger or or things like that. You are doing a disservice because what your hope is is that your company will employ people, will matter to people, will make an impact in our communities and our families' lives. And if you're not willing to go out there and ask for the things that seem unreasonable, the crazy things to make your business move, you can't provide jobs. You can't provide impact. You can't provide value. So you have to get out there and be crazy pants. Mm -hmm. And ask for crazy things so that the people around you who are benefiting from your your um, stretching and being uncomfortable can actually benefit from you. It's mm-hmm. you know what I mean. So yeah, and and the other the other cool thing that I just uh, got is a a two month trip to Bali.
0: Yes, yes, you got a tri- <laughs> trip to, a two month trip to Bali where you're going to be able to work there. You're going to anyway, It's going to be perfect. It's, it's it's for your honeymoon too, isn't it? kind of for my
1: honeymoon that's the hush hush but But (laughs)
0: it's
1: (laughs) my um yeah my fiance and i are gonna go and it's it's a program called ruby on the beach and i'm so excited uh i'm gonna learn how to code and i've been wanting to learn how to Computer code for a really long time. I've been wanting to learn Ruby on Rails, so I found this program. Got to talking to the owner and kind of worked out a deal where he's going to let me come over there on their dime. I'm going to do the program and I'm going to, you know, tell my community about it. So it's these things where you you get really excited and you can reach out and and make these unreasonable requests and and obviously always provide value and, and reciprocity is a big thing with me. It's not like I'm just
0: asking right yeah you're not you're not you're not asking for a handout that's right that's that's the other we should make that distinction this is <laughs> and this is the important thing too first of all a really key principle of this is the outreach that you're doing outreach is huge because you mean that's why people love networking events and that but i know i know a lot of people that are like yeah i'm gonna go for the networking but then when they go they just socialize and hang out so what i really love is one you're using the contacts and the network that you've built in a really positive way but the other thing is that you're learning multiple ways to provide value because mm-hmm. money is only one type of value, and this is really important for a lot of entrepreneurs to learn, is that when you're building a company, again, you do not scale, and you cannot do everything, and you have to be able to onboard people, and if you're starting out, and you're a cash-strapped startup, you need to be able to like barter with people, negotiate, trade, give equity, like you have to find some way, because there's different types of income, I learned this from one of my mentors, that there's physical income, and there's psychic income. Mm. And there's two ways. So what you're providing for the owner is psychic income. You're you're in exchange for getting access to his product and his event, which for him at cost is probably not going to be that big of a deal. But in exchange, he's getting access to tens of thousands of potential prospects that he wants access to. And he's getting the psychic income that he wants of, right, of having the credibility for who you are, what you've accomplished. But that's just a big validation for you. And you wouldn't know that if you were like try- cackling alone in your little apartment or your office, like uh-huh. you know, envisioning, and that's again as entrepreneurs, we we like to dream and build. We like to dream and build and be locked away as like mad scientists working on our masterpiece. But we need that reality check of the real world of what is our value and how do we exchange it with other people. And I anyway, I just I love it because yeah, yeah. I mean from from office supplies to. <laughs> you know, to, to connections, to, to stage presences, to, mm-hmm. to travel, like trips, paid trips around the world. Like you just go and ask for what you want. And I love that about you. It's <laughs> just something, even myself, I have so much guilt around asking for help. And even last night I was talking to a buddy, I'm not going to mention any names and, but he was like, dude, he's like, you're starting to get really, really big. He was like, I want to do like, he was just, I want to do your website. I want to do all this stuff. Cause people need to know who you are, man. They're like, yeah. those guys are so big and nobody knows about, you. and they're like all this stuff. And, but it's, I, 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 I have the opposite problem. I've, yeah, I, I love what you said, but the confidence and the ability to like, to just accept, all right, what do I need to accomplish my goal? I need this. Who can I ask for that? I'm just going to go ask for it, and, ask figure, for it. F- and figure out a way to yeah make it happen. Yeah. Because money is not everything. And of course it's how we keep score in business, but it's not, it's not having to pay for everything that you get in business and do in business. is just, it's so one dimensional. And so it's
1: I agree and that's the that's the interesting part about entrepreneurship is that it's it's a puzzle and it's money isn't the only way like you said, it's not the only way to pay for something. So, you know, if you need something you can pay for it in other ways. And that's the that's kind of the creative fun way to figure things out and get the things that you need in order to grow, but also provide the value to somebody else who's looking to grow. So, you know, just like this trip to Bali, I am so excited to learn how to To learn how to code, but yeah, uh, being in Bali for two months with the man that I love is pretty stinking sweet too. Mm-hmm. But you know, him having access to seventy-two thousand female entrepreneurs, me actually going through the program so that I can talk about it with other people, me having a rebel desk to talk about it to mm-hmm. other people and other entrepreneurs. I know for a fact she's gotten two or three sales just from my network, from me talking about it to just friends, mm-hmm. not even writing about it or anything like that. So. I know the value of what this desk does for me, and I know the value of of what it's going to be to learn how to code. So, yeah, those are some of my favorite my favorite things that yeah, I've yeah. I've asked for. But you know, as entrepreneurs, we have to get uncomfortable, and we have to ask for things that we think are un- unreasonable.
0: And I think that part of it is helping validate your your, your own sense of self worth and mm-hmm. your own sense of what your what value you have, because that's something that. I know a lot of people suffer from, and then they have mental issues around money and what they they think they're valuable, like what their stuff is valued to. And so that really kind of gives you a benchmark of how valuable what you're building or what you have is to other people. No, it's huge. I mean, Gene Schwartz was one of the world's greatest, uh, one of the greatest copywriters of all time. And he wrote some letters that literally pulled in tens of millions of dollars for a company added. I mean, this company, I was just in their office, it's boardroom. Uh, I was in their office. When was that? That was like in the summer. I think it was August that I went there and I asked how big their customer data list database was. And they said 9 million people. And Gene, Gene Schwartz was a huge, yeah, it's a couple of people. Right. Man. Um, and Gene Schwartz was a mainstay copywriter. he beat all their other promotions, all their controls. But guess what? Um, from the interviews and that that I've heard, my understanding is that they never paid Gene a dime for any of his work, not a single penny because wow. what he wanted was he wanted their customer lists Because he had his own business and if he just knew who were the buyers were, he knew he would save so much money on the marketing. So he would write promotions for free for this company. Let them mail it and make millions of dollars, but then they would pat. They would. It was. Called, it's called co-reg. They would share the buyer's information with them, and he had a similar product that he would then sell to them. And he didn't have to use any of his money up front. And of course, he would write his own promotions and that. But when we talk about the difference of psychic income versus physical income, there's other things that might be more valuable to you than the money you could pay for them. I mean, right. there's alliances with people that are are priceless. Um, access to another company's resources. You know, having a company that just lets you come in and use their equipment or. You you know, when they they have staff who have idle time, things like that. Like you can't buy that, but they're in there. It's just so valuable. So I agree. That's awesome. Agree. That's so awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so, all right. Um, Stephanie, do you have any books that you always recommend to people? Is there anything that you think um, the people listening to this call that they should, they should really dive in and, and read and master to help anything that's helped you out a lot?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, if, if you're just starting in business, if you haven't quite, quite gotten off the r- ground or, or you're just in the ideation stages, I always recommend reading E-Myth Revisited. One of the best mm-hmm. books to for brand new entrepreneurs to learn systems, if you're in your business now, um, one of the best books that I've read recently is Essentialism by Greg McCowan. Mm-hmm. And it really talks about what's that thing, that one thing that you need to get done and um, really drilling down to the most essential things that you can, you can do. And the author starts the story out about how he, uh, his wife had a baby and he had to go back to work within like an hour for this, this high level meeting. And he was really obviously very upset, uh, -hmm. as, as any of us would be, I would think. And so he realized that he wasn't putting what was truly essential, um, first, so it's a great book. And if you can get mired in the overwhelm um, and the squirrel brain that we that kind of happens <laughs> when we get started, um, it's a good book to to, uh, to revisit. And he talks a lot about strategic intent, and um, you know, just really deciding what's what's important and what's not in your business. And truly, about eighty percent of what you're doing is not important.
0: Right. Right, yeah, that's a great Great suggestion. I'm actually, you're the third person that's recommended that, so I think I'm going to have to get it. Oh, funny, yeah. No, it's it's a really good book. Another book that's kind of along similar lines, um, you may want to check it out, it's called how to get control of your time in your life. And it's by Alan Lakin. And it's an old book. And again, it was recommended to me by the VP of of that company I mentioned in the boardroom. And it's just been awesome. Uh, I just hope I like opened it up and read like a chapter that I thought was most relevant to what I was doing. Mm -hmm. Because like all the books we get, we don't necessarily need to read them front to back. uh, And it just it it hit me with such it was it left such an impression that I'm reading the whole book. And it's kind of along the same similar lines. So um, but yeah, so those are awesome. Essentialism and then E-Myth. Even if you have, if you have a business and you have not read that book, that is a great book. It that is. was a huge influence for me in my mm-hmm. business career. So I, yeah, I did read the books. I did their training. I was in one of their coaching programs. Wow. Um, yeah, great, 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 great content. And um, you know, Michael
1: Gerber lives here in San Diego. Really? He does. Well, yeah. Come
0: up. I know.
1: I've done a, I've done an interview with him and, um, It was, it was very fascinating. He's working on some really cool things now, but yeah, it's a great book, learning how to systematize and operationalize your business and not get too, too involved in it. And I should probably reread it. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Like having said that, uh, that's so awesome. Stephanie, you're so awesome. Um, So what are some of the greatest mistakes that you see a lot of entrepreneurs making? Because you, you've got you know, over 70,000 entrepreneurs that you're dealing with on a regular basis that are coming to you with their problems, their successes. Uh, a lot of times maybe even sharing their, their secret fears and things that they may not share with a lot of other people or be afraid to share. So what do you see as a common mistake? A lot of them making
1: probably the biggest thing that I see entrepreneurs doing is getting too freaked out about doing the wrong thing. Um, And, and truly what, what that does is, is it just paralyzes people. You know, I have friends Mm -hmm. that have literally sat on a great idea for years, Mm -hmm. not moving forward because they're not sure exactly what to do first or more importantly, they're afraid they're going to do the wrong thing. And once you start start to work on an idea and you start to take some action you realize very quickly there is no wrong thing Mm -hmm. there's just things and they inform the next thing and the next thing and the next thing and a lot of the times with my private clients when they get all kind of worked up in this oh my god what if i do the wrong thing you know i say this is why there's an expression called baby steps you know when a baby starts taking steps do we get mad at it we're falling over or being wobbly or looking, you know, holding on to a chair or a table as they get started. No, they're learning. Same with you. You're not going to take a wrong step unless you say, uh, "Yeah, I'm going to take this hundred thousand dollars and um, go, you know, take it to the to the slot machine in order to get startup capital." And you do something completely foolish. You really have. There's no way to do it wrong. Um, so. Not getting started is the biggest mistake that I see entrepreneurs making and it typically comes from a place of fear and that they're not sure what to do next or that they're going to do the wrong thing And, and that's just a huge mistake. You just have to take action and then you'll figure out what the right thing is.
0: Mm. You know, that's great. And that really segues into something that I remember, uh, another friend and mentor told me, he said, Daryl, it's none of your business. What other people think of you, um, or what they're doing. You just worry about yourself. And that's yeah. funny because what you mentioned is it something that I, uh, you know, that I've kind of like, I've been getting back into shape. I took a year off of just really working hard and making lots of money. And then I, I let my my fitness routine, which is my dad sat me down and was like, "Daryl, this is a part of who you are. You need to get back on top of that. I was like, you're right. So I've been doing CrossFit, but it's funny because early before we started the recording, I was talking about like where I'm at compared to everyone else. And when you talked about how people don't get started, I was thinking about a conversation I had with a friend and they were concerned about where they're going to be at. Yeah, but other people are doing it too. And look at what, you know, they've got this and they've got that and all these things. But what really matters is where you're at and every day showing up to be better. Because I have a client right now, we're long Launching a marketing promotion for him, and he's hitting me up, and he's like, almost like like you, like, hey, how are our stats? Is that good? Is that bad? What's going on? I'm like, those are our stats, and tomorrow we're going to wake up, and we're going to come to work, and we're going to try and beat them. And the next day we're going to wake up and we're going to come to work and we're going to try and beat him again. And the yeah. next day we're going to wake up and we're going to come to work and we're going to try and beat him. So it doesn't matter what other – because what are other people doing? What do they – I just want to know. And it's like, well, why? Like the, it's almost at 80-20. Is that going to help move the numbers or not? And to be honest, the stats are pretty average. So it's not like they're doing good or bad. But I'm just trying to like like rein him in and be exactly like you said. Like, look, stop worrying. Stop worrying. Let's just focus on what we want and what the goal is and mm-hmm. just keep moving forward.
1: I heard a really cool quote not too long ago, and it was the uh 18, 40, 60 rule. Okay. And the 18, <laughs> and it goes like this. When you're 18, all you're worried about is what everybody else thinks about you. And then when you're 40, all you worry about, or you don't care what anybody thinks about you. And then when you're 60, you realize nobody's been thinking about you. And it it always sticks with me when I think, oh, my God, what if I go to the gym and somebody thinks I'm doing something crazy or weird or they're looking at me weird? And then I think to myself, nobody's nobody cares what I'm doing. Yep. I don't care what anybody else is doing in here. Nobody cares what I'm doing, you know, and it's, that is so liberating and I'm so yeah. happy that I know it at 35 instead of at 60, that nobody's watching what I'm doing. So yeah. all I need to do is get to work and get going on what I need, yeah. and what I want. So, oh, yeah. yeah.
0: No, I love that. What is it? It's 18, 40, 40, 60, 60 rule. rule. I love that. No, that's. <laughs> That's so perfect. Yeah, that's exactly, that's exactly, it's just, it's, it's managing yourself. The biggest secret that I've learned of the rich and the famous and the successful is time management. And it's that 24 hour block that you have. Like we all wake up every day with 24 hours ahead of us. Mm. And really at the end of the day, you know, one of my mentors said every day is either won or lost. And every day you set a goal for yourself of what you want to accomplish. And at the end of the day, either you won or you lost. And it's just the people who win successfully, they've just accumulated more wins than loses. Yeah. And so anyway, I just I love that because you're right. It's not about it's that's such a good eighteen 18- Forty, sixty. 40. Yeah, no, I like that. I like that. It's so liberating. I feel bad for not it going is. for this morning. Because I was like, I'm in pain. I can't there's no way I can go and try and keep up. I'd only do half the exercise and I'm already not top of the class already and people will be looking at me. So But they won't. No. no they <laughs> they won't. absolutely they won't. Care.
1: Because they, you don't. And I think about that all the time when people are like, I don't want to go to the gym, I'm embarrassed and like nobody sees you. Mm-hmm. Nobody cares. And trust me, when they walk out that door, you are not in their thoughts. Yeah. We all just think about ourselves all the time.
0: Yeah. Even the people that you it. laugh at, like on YouTube, you saw somebody's video and you laughed at them, like you've long forgotten about them. Once Five seconds the later, it's over.
1: Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So, that's awesome. yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. so uh, what other good advice have you ever you ever been told? What's some of the best advice you've ever been given?
1: Some of the best advice I've ever been given is um, Howard Leonhart. He's a investor in, in, a sil- or in Silicon Beach um, up in LA and he said – that the CEO's only job is, he has two jobs. Um, the CEO's job is to delegate, and then to, the only thing you don't delegate is the delegating. Mm-hmm. And I always thought, that's thats really interesting. So our job as, as the owners of our company is to delegate everything that needs to be done. The only thing we don't delegate is the delegating. And so that means that we have to really take a look at our team and the people that are working with us and for us and really um, being able to recognize their strengths so that the the company can move forward and we don't have to be doing everything on our own and and when you're in a startup you you typically end up doing everything on your own anyway just the, the nature of the, the beast mm-hmm. but um you know you really need to hone in on your skills on learning how to recognize what what people do well and what they don't do well and then organizing your company in that manner so that your company can move forward fast and trying not to do all the things that you're not good at and forcing yourself to doing them.
0: You know? mm, no, no, that's great. Yeah. I, I was told the same thing by a mentor of mine. He said, uh, delegate as much as you can so you're calling the shots, analyzing the stats, and making decisions. And that's basically how he, he, he summed it up, which that's really refreshing. I feel When you were talking, I feel like, ah. I just lined up my to-do list for this weekend, and I'm like, I need to get rid of all that stuff.
1: Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm.
0: That's awesome advice, um, Stephanie. Whatever has been holding you back in your career, what kind of things do you feel have really Im- impeded you? I mean, we talked about a couple, um, but do you ever feel that there's anything that really prevented you from the breakthroughs? Because obviously, your company's still growing, and um, you're long from a mature business. We all are, but what do you think have been the biggest things that have that have held you back, and how did you overcome them?
1: You know, that's funny that you asked me this question. I, uh, I have my own podcast, and this morning I got to interview Dave Asprey, the Bulletproof exec. He's got one of the most top-rated podcasts ever, and um, hmm. I asked him what his favorite mistake was, and he told me that he lost $6 million, and I was like, oh my God, how can that be your favorite mistake? And so we got to talking about you know how that happened and why that happened, and it really comes down to mindset. And, um, just this year, I finally realized that I definitely have a mindset issue around, um, and this is, we're getting all deep here and, and no, in to Stephanie's <laughs> life, but, you know, I'm happy to share because I think it's, it's really important that we all figure out what, what that thing is that could be holding us back. And for me, it was a feeling of worth. And, um, over the summer, I realized that I was not feeling, um, worthy, worthy of of love, worthy of money, worthy of success. And so anytime any one of those things came up in my life, I was doing things to sabotage it. So if I lost five pounds, I would, you know, stuff my face with Oreos. If I, you know, went on a date with a couple really nice guys, I would you know, end it.
0: (laughs) That's how how ambitious you are. Like, I don't date one guy at a time. I
1: I don't have time, Daryl, to go one at a time. And, you know, so, um, and then, you know, in business, if I saw any success or I made any money, I I would blow it. Um, So I was trying to figure out why I was doing this, you know, sabotaging things. And then it finally, I was able to drill down with the help of of some very dear friends that I'm, I'm having an issue with worth. And now that I've been working on it, suddenly those people that were um, pretty detrimental in my life or, or trying to, um, you know, snuff out my spark started to kind of flow away and, you know, mm-hmm. my fiance came into my life and he's, he's such a gift. Um, I started making more money than I've ever made before and, um, you know, when I lose when I lose a couple pounds or anything, I, I'm not immediately running to the fridge to put them back on. So for me, a big challenge was literally me. And, you know, we can, we can really try to figure out externally what's going wrong. And we obviously need to do that as, as the founders of our companies but sometimes it's us. And sometimes we really need to dig in to say, what what is this? And where is this coming from? Um, you know, a couple of my girlfriends and I, the ones that kind of helped me come to this realization, um, you know, they have their own, their own things. And um, now what we're doing is holding each other accountable to make sure that, um, you know, I'm not doing things or saying things that that promote me not being uh worthy of of anything good in my life and and you know they've got those things so that's something that's really been been holding me back and um now I'm starting to work on that and externally I'm seeing so much more abundance and so much more love and kindness and money and you know the things that I want coming into my life because I'm finally ready to to receive them so
0: yeah and don't, no, i I mean, I can share as well. Don't feel, uh, thank you for sharing that because I think that's huge. I think psychology is such, I remember I, I used to run a martial arts school and I would take students to tournament and you would see them lose the match before it even started. Yeah. Because the other guy would uh, like eyeball them from across the mat and you would just see their body language change. In fact, one of my mentors, one of the, whenever we were in between rounds for a 30 second or even a two minute break, uh, and you're like with your sparring partner or your training partner, you were supposed to eyeball them down and like, you know, and work on your gaze and work on not cringing when someone gives you like a mean mug Um, and that was like a real thing because it's all part of the psychology of it and I think and I can attest the same thing we spoke about this about a couple of weeks ago that I went through something as well there's been a lot of deaths this year it's been like 10 deaths in 12 months and it's it was affecting me in some ways but once same thing I kind of just snapped out of it got my mindset right on things all of a sudden I've got these leads for my five-figure big like big ticket deal on the phone and things that I'm like you know my goals that I'm I'm trying to achieve are just literally falling into place and it's it's the mindset's a huge thing of it. I'm reading a book right now called Power of Will mm-hmm. and it's talking about that the will that you know and it's it's it is it's fueled by your mindset that when the will is there I mean you talk about when like a mother lifts a car to save her child and things like that and it's that alignment of sense of being and purpose and 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 and, and um, belief in yourself. So I think that mindset really is a huge component of it. So I think that um anyone who's listening to this call they should Probably do a deep dive and ask themselves like, what are your biggest fears? And something that's actually really good. And I learned this from oh, I'm gonna I forget his name. He's a neuroscientist. Uh, I'm gonna look it up. Um, but one of the things I learned is when you have these fears, to just write them on a piece of paper, and just and then just crumple up and put it somewhere else. But to get it all to get it all out. To not like assume that it's going to to like writing it out is gonna make it real or anything like this. Um, you know what I mean? Like to just okay. get it out because if you keep it bottled in and it, you're going to gnaw on it and it's like a piece of popcorn stuck in your tooth, <laughs> you're just going to tongue it in that. But just to get, to get it out, to get it out, to write on a piece of paper and write it in like really gory graphic detail and then just be like, and then you can kind of sometimes see how silly that is. Yeah, so You know what I mean? Like, Oh, yeah. cause if I, if I don't make the sale, then I can't pay my bills and then I'll be late on rent. And then you know, and then what, you're never going to make money again? Like, do you know what I mean? And you're like, well, then it's, well, that'll suck, but you know, I I have options and suddenly it just loses its power. The power's gone.
1: Yeah. And you know, the interesting thing too, is some of us know that we have some sort of an issue and we can't identify it, which was what was happening with me. And, you know, for the, for all of last year and the better half of this year, I had somebody really negative in my life that um I cared for a lot but they were so cruel to me all the time and I couldn't figure out why why people kept coming into my life that that would would be so cruel and um finally my my friends and and if you don't know where your mindset is it's a good thing to ask the people that are closest to you because they might know and they might just not be telling you because they're They're afraid it might hurt your feelings or something. But, you know, they they finally said, you know, you're attracting these people into your life and there's been three of them in succession that you're attracting them into your life because they're talking to you the way you are talking to you. And, Uh. oh my God, I thought I was going to just crumple on the floor when I finally, my eyes opened up to if i'm not going to say i love you stephanie they're not going to say i love you stephanie and the second i started doing that was when my wonderful fiance came into my life to say i love you stephanie and you know when i i love you money money's not going to love me back <laughs> until i love you too and i'm not afraid of you and so sometimes if if you know you're having a mindset issue and you're not quite sure what it is but you know there's something off be open with the people closest to you because they might be able to lend some insight um, to help you realize maybe exactly where, where you're having an issue. And one of the best exercises I've done to tackle a mindset issue is to argue with yourself on why it's not true out loud. You have to do it out loud. So, Stephanie, I'm not worthy of money. And then I have to argue the other side of it. Oh, that's ridiculous. Of course you are. Everybody's the same. We're all entitled to it, blah, 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 you know. And so argue with yourself on why that belief might not be true. And you'll hear out loud how silly it is. Like yeah. you said, yeah.
0: yeah. So, mm-hmm.
1: it's a big, big challenge. But I think uh, we all have something, uh, some, some little demon that we could, we could definitely tackle that would help us be more successful.
0: Well, and I don't think anyone's ever arrived at the same time. Like, I don't Mm -hmm. think, like you hear about people who are enlightened and, and I know the call, we're not talking about necessarily diehard business tactics or how to hire, fire, all that, but this is still a huge critical component because as a CEO, you are the leader and the visionary. And so your mindset, you know, when you get up every day, your team, like you represent the company, like you are the driving force behind the company. You are the guiding light, the North star. So I think that first of all, when I hear people like are enlightened, I don't really think that it's something you get to and then you're there. I think it's something you can't, it's like health. You continually aspire to be on a good diet. You continually, continually aspire to be like active and all that. And it's the same thing with the mindset. You continually aspire to have that, but you know, every day, every 24 hours is different. And I think that that's really good concrete advice for people. Um, because again, you get set back, any of these setbacks, um, that you can have in business, you know, they when people fail in business because they gave up and they walked away. That's really what it is. I mean, that's one of the biggest axioms in martial arts. I mean, it doesn't matter how many times you get knocked down. What matters is how many times you get back up. And um, I think that's a really important lesson for people on the call here. Whatever they're going through, because every no, again, I mean, you have phases of your life where everything's perfect, but if you're not in that phase, and especially if you're in the fire and the struggle and you feel tired and... You know like perseverance is all the hard work you do when you're sick and tired from all the hard work you just finished doing you know (laughs) and that's and that's that's the reality of it and mindset is a huge part of that being able to ask for help and see and think creatively think laterally versus just vertically about things those are really important skill sets you have to have and as entrepreneurs that's our gift to the world because we create something out of nothing Right, like we create businesses and services where there were none. We figure out a solution to a problem hundreds of thousands of people are having, and that's what makes people like that's what makes an entrepreneur rich is they've helped and served so many people. So we, it's really important that we stay on top of that. So, um, but yeah, I, I agree. That's a huge, 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 huge one. <laughs> yeah. um, it's so huge. People don't people don't get it, but it's huge. Yep, I um, agree. All right. So, well, is I feel like I've. Had other questions to ask, but really, Stephanie, I mean, that's just been some really awesome content. Very, very helpful for everyone, for myself at least. I know, I know, three things I'm already going to do when I get off this call now. <laughs> I'm gonna delegate more. I'm going to have a couple conversations with myself, and I'm <laughs> going to make some unreasonable requests because um, yeah. <laughs> there's some things that I could definitely use that I'm just not. I'm not. I know I need them, but. I just can't ask for help. So um, that's just awesome. So Stephanie, what are you working on these days? What are you really excited and passionate about?
1: Oh, so many things. Um, So many things, but... Right now, I'm, I'm really excited about the launch of my new podcast. It's called Top 3 Podcast for Entrepreneurs. Uh, it's actually in iTunes right now, but um, it officially launches on December 1st. So I'm really, really excited about that. We have the Chic Elite Program um, that I am so, I love so much and I'm so proud of on the Chic CEO website. And the Chic Elite Program is a, a monthly deep dive into a, a specific topic Um that it's really for the entrepreneur that's trying to grow their business that thinks maybe they might need a business coach but just financially not not ready to to invest in something like that. Mm. This is the way I can share what I would would coach my private clients on so it's forty nine dollars a month it's super super inexpensive but the the trainings are really deep and thorough. Uh, we talk about list building um, you know marketing automation um, Holding events, how to build your strategic plan, action plans, uh, team building, those kinds of things. So we deep dive into lots of different areas of your business, and it's a it's a great program. I'm I'm really proud of it. Um, so yeah, that's what I'm excited about is is my new podcast and. And uh the Sheik Ali program right now.
0: Which is awesome. Yeah. And yeah. so if anyone wants to check that out, they can go to Sheik C E O, that's C H I C dash C E O dot com mm-hmm. as well. Uh you're on are you on all social media platforms or mostly just Facebook? Oh all social media platforms you can find me everywhere, right, yeah of course, and you probably even on a stage coming near you because um, I don't know how you line them up, but you were just you were like the most wanted speaker um, you were even you were even trending you were at South by Southwest your name <laughs> I was that's was, right was trending you were like the number one trending. <laughs> like hashtag uh, all South by Southwest, which if you don't know, that's a huge conference in the States. So again, a mindset is huge. If you have the right mindset, if you're willing to tell people what you want and go and get it, if you're willing to surround yourself with like-minded people, if you're willing to reach out and get mentors, if you're willing to just, just take action to persevere, um, and to take a hard look at yourself, this came up on another call where a lot of times business owners, we fall victims to our, our greatest flaws. If you're not good with money, then you'll find that that will be like, you won't keep track of it, you know? And then, oh, well, I thought I had more money than I had. If you're not um, resilient, if you're not resourceful, then you're going to constantly come up against these issues. Like And it's it really forces you to become a better version of yourself. I almost feel like it's just an endeavor everyone should do. Um, everyone should be engaged in a business of their own of some, some sort, just for the, even the lifelong lessons that you learn because you know we're here for a short time not a long time life is still long but um i just it's so much more exciting and fun as an entrepreneur i just would never want to trade it for anything else in the world but forget about me stephanie burns was number one trending at south by southwest finder (laughs) chic ceo.com and facebook twitter obviously any social media platform and I couldn't, I couldn't recommend you higher. Uh, I couldn't give you a higher recommendation because uh, Stephanie's already been phenomenal in just connecting me. She's just been very generous and giving for no particular reason other than just really being passionate about helping entrepreneurs succeed. When I was, was I was like fresh off the boat in America um, <laughs> from Canada, so, so backwards from like small town Canada. I'm like, what's the, like? Anyways, uh, we won't, that's another podcast, <laughs> another time. But um, great resource. And just phenomenal person. so thank you so much for your time today, Stephanie. I really do value and appreciate you and uh, the the value you give to my listeners, to me and just to to your own followers. so thank you.
1: Well thank you Daryl i've I've gotten a tremendous amount of gifts from from my friendship with you as well. so um, not for no reason that I've been helping you you've you've been a tremendous help to me as well and and you know you really know your stuff and like I always say, when Daryl tells me to do something, Damn it, that's what I do immediately. (laughs) (laughs) Always. I don't even question it anymore. So thank you for being a wonderful resource to me and to my company. And I've been, uh, I really enjoyed being on your
0: show today. That's awesome. Awesome. All right. Well, Thank you, Stephanie. Mm -hmm. You've reached the end of our interview. Now, first, let me thank you for listening. I appreciate and respect you more than you'll ever know. And now I'd like to ask you a couple of questions. First, what three lessons did you just learn? What three aha moments just jumped out at you? Second, what can you implement for yourself and your business in the next 24 hours? Third, what can you give to someone else to help you with or give them to just do it for you? Whatever it is, remember taking action is the secret sauce to results. Now, if you think this interview would be helpful for a friend, please give them a link to it.